Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. God has been wrecking my heart um, since the resurre- about the resurrection leading up to Pentecost and like what the disciples were going through in that time frame, like what they were feeling, what they were thinking about, what they were dealing with, and the fact of the matter that they had to just wait on the Lord. And like, then I started thinking about that waiting and I started to remember how much I enjoy waiting. (laughs) Why are you laughing? You know, you guys love going to the doctor's office to sit in the waiting room. It's not about seeing the doc. You want to just sit there and watch bad TV and scroll on your phone. You love going to the kid pickup line after school with all the friendly people. I'm a school principal. I know about the pickup line. There's blessings and there's curses. And I believe that I should receive blessings and not get so many curses and emails. <laughs> no, but you all get me. It's this whole concept of waiting. And it's like, it's like, oh my goodness. I feel like, okay, I don't know if you guys like movies or not, but I also like books. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sophisticated. <laughs> But, uh, okay, so you know the movies. I love, the, I love a good, like, action battle sequence scene. I love the Battle of Five Armies and The Hobbit. Uh, you know, Save It Private Ryan. I love the, the action-packed sequences. And uh, it, sometimes in those movies, I can live for those moments. And, and what I realize, though, is, is in, in those books and in those movies, there's tons of chapters that just build up the landscape the character relationships, that when you get to the battle sequence, it matters because of all these chapters leading up. And I think about my own life. So much of my life is just spent waiting. It's waiting for the next thing. It's waiting as I go from glory to glory. It's in that waiting, though, that we find ourselves so many times. And guess what? I don't always do it well. I always don't. No. (laughs) I'm just saying, the waiting. And so, like, I I believe that there is wisdom from heaven about waiting about transition in life, about about the lead up to the next glory. And so I want to take us in there today. Let's see what Holy Spirit's going to speak. I'm ready. Like, I want more downloads. So can somebody say, I'm ready? ready. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 37. Woo! Verse 7. We going to get in it. Okay, verse 7 starts out like this. Be still before the Lord and wait. Somebody say wait. Wait. Patiently for him. Yeah, somebody had to say that too. I get it. I'm good at waiting impatiently. (laughs) You're You're like, is that my superpower? I can be impatient in the car line. No, but seriously. All right, now let's jump down to verse 9. For the evildoers shall be cut off. Somebody's like, glory, cut them off. (laughs) 
<laughs> but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Okay, so here's something cool. So, uh, so we have two scriptures, Psalm 37, 7 and Psalm 37, 9. Those words, wait, actually can render differently. And let's look at that real quick, okay? In verse 9, wait is similar to the word hope, great anticipation, leaning into something with refined focus. I love that phrase. Refine focus. Think about it like this. Um, say you have like a dinner party, right? And uh, you have your table set, and there's all this action going on. People are talking, and, and it's, it's buzz, and you're a great hostess or host. And like you're sitting at the table, and someone says something that you want to hear. Now, there's all this stuff going on. What do you do? You lean in, and you refine your focus. Instead of focusing on all these other conversations, all this other stuff that's going on, you lean in and you refine your focus. I think about this a lot in terms of my wife, prom, and she'll be saying something, and there'll be commotion, there'll be stuff going on, and I just want to lean in. There you are, boo. <laughs> and just hear her heart, what she's communicating to me. And do you know what happens when I lean in? All the other commotion that's going on in the, in the room, it doesn't, nobody has a remote control uh, to tell me that, or for me to turn that volume down, but it gets quieter. And she becomes louder. That's the waiting in the kingdom. Jesus speaks. He gives us something. He gives us a word. He inspires a dream. He leads us this way. And then, and then we're like, yes, it's happening. Let's go. And then nothing. Well, then it's like, then like my brain turns on. I'm like, okay, I got to figure this out. Jesus said something. So what are we going to do? I need to, I need to have an action plan. Where are my three steps? Where are my next steps? What am I going to do? And then I get off into worry and anxiety. And then I'm all of a sudden I'm doubting and uncertain. Did Jesus really speak this? Because now I'm over here and I'm freaking out probably alone in that. You guys are way, <laughs> way more chill than I. It's good. Let me learn from your ways. <laughs> but, but Jesus describes a situation of just when he speaks, just leaning in, refining our focus on him through this season. Look at verse 9. Uh, or verse seven. And so this is a weight which translates in some ways. Bill Johnson says it translates in, in uh, he, he likes to describe it as whirling in the dance. Yeah. Come on. Oh, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> he speaks, we wait. But our act, action of waiting is actually whirling in the dance, embracing the joy of the season that we are in. Isn't life so seasonal? Even right now in our world, we're, we're moving into spring, and I love Southern Illinois because you can see all the seasons. Don't, let me, don't ask me that in wintertime because by the time I hit February, I don't know if I'm loving all the seasons. But still, we see all the seasons going on, and like each season is different and has beauty in it. But you know what? Sometimes if you're not careful, in, instead of whirling in the dance and just being caught up in his presence, and me and Wes were talking. Dude, we were talking, and he was like, you know, when you whirl in the dance, he's like, it, it doesn't seem like you're going anywhere. 
it doesn't move you necessarily forward. But it prepares you. Come on, somebody. It prepares you when you go to that next glory. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. He is strengthening you in the waiting when you lean into him. Come on, somebody. That's good. I tell you, it's free. Wes, we charge him later. No. Okay, so about 12 years ago. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you. Let me tell you a story. About 12 years ago, um, I started, um, I was a teacher, I was teaching chemistry. Man, I love to teach crap. Um, it's just, it's just awesome. <laughs> uh, edit that in post. No, I'm playing. <laughs> We're live streaming, you can't. Um, I love to teach stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> I always tell people I would teach and not get paid. And so, uh, uh, <laughs> promise, uh, that's what I love about my boo, is that I could tell her tomorrow, babe, let's go to Botswana. I heard from Jesus. And she'd be like, it's pack. I'm just saying, can I speak to you if you are in a season of singleness? Can I speak to you right now that you don't have to just, you don't have to hitch up to the first person that shows you a little bit of attention. You don't have to, you don't have to hitch up to the first person who swipes back, all right? You don't have to, just because someone direct messages you and thinks that you look nice, it doesn't mean they have to be your lifelong spouse. I'm just telling you that there is beauty in waiting on the Lord to open the door for the person that you are to yoke with throughout your life. Come on, parents, shout me down for your teenagers right now. I'm just saying. You don't know what peace and what confidence that brings my heart. So here I am, 12 years ago, and I'm praying. And I start praying the prayer of Jabez about God expanding my territory. And specifically, I'm asking him to expand it in cultural impact and influence for my city. How can I love my city better? How can I serve my city better? Because this is what I believe. If you are a Christian living in a town, you are making that town better. Or you should be. If you're a Christian and you're in a workplace, then you should make that place better because of he who is in you, that the spirit of the living God lives in you. And so it should influence and impact every single corner of that place. Come on, demons ought to be scared to come in there because you're going to pray them out or cast them out or move them out because you're moving in Jesus. But you know what happens is that we actually decide to live below the authority level we're called to. And we just try to get on and get along with everybody in the world who likes to gossip, fault, find, and backbite. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching good. In fact, to the matter, you aren't created for that. You're not made for that. You are not made to live in an agreement with a demon in your workplace Whew, that's good you are meant to pray it out saturate that place with the anointing of heaven every day you don't know what to pray pray in tongues because he knows I'm gonna get this story told I'm just saying 12 years ago praying the prayer of Jabez and God opens in my heart a door that says, move into administration. I'm like, Lord, no. No, I told you I'm happy teaching. I'm comfortable teaching. This is where I want to be. I'm comfortable. You know, sometimes comfort, hold on, I'll talk to this side of the room. 
Sometimes comfort keeps us from moving where God is leading. Sometimes what we have to make room for is a lack of comfort. It's not pretty. People want to hear your unicorns and rainbows, and you get to ride on them. And sometimes you do. But sometimes unicorns poop, and you have to clean up after them. Just stick with it, you know. So God, God starts opening doors um, for me to move out of the classroom and into administration. And like, you know, throughout, the, throughout the, this whole situation, like I, I was not for sure that God knew what he was doing because I was comfortable and happy. Come on. So, so I did what any good, holy, Christian, righteous brother would do. I asked for confirmation. And then more confirmation. More. Yeah. But this is what would happen is that Prom and I would go to a meeting and like we would walk into the place and people from the platform were like giving me words constantly. It was like she couldn't take me anywhere as they would speak something about it. I'll be like, oh my good. All right. All right. God, I'll just give up. I will surrender to this door. And and so I start to, and, and you know what? This is what is so good. When God is calling you into something, he has the provision. When God is calling you into something, he has the provision for you to go through with it. His provision is always going to be there when he invites you along on the journey. Oh, that's good. Man, thank you, Jesus. So anyhow, he opens the door. Uh, I start classes. I'm in school. And I start getting excited about it. And it's, it's cool. And I'm like getting ideas. And the creativity is coming. And it's, and it's fun. And then I graduate. All right, I'm like, yes, I've arrived. But I'm actually not arrived because the word was I'm going to be an administrator. And so I'm like, you know what, God, this is great. Let this be the door. I've gotten more education. It's been rad. I've met some people. But there was still more to the promise, right? So then this is what happens. Other doors start to open. Other people want to offer me jobs. Now, if you remember, okay, if you remember, I'm praying over influence in my city, all of this stuff, prayer, Jabez, expand the territory, and then these jobs. So wait a minute, I went from waiting to get my degree, now I'm in this this waiting period to get a job, and all these doors start opening. What do I know what to do? What can I do? Well, I should probably just try to figure it out all in my mind. That will be successful. I will be full of anxiety and worry and fear and doubt and dread. Or I could Psalm 37, 7 it. And I could lean in. I could listen to heaven. I could hear what he's saying about it. You know, one thing that that pastor told me not too long ago uh, and has told me before is that every door that opens for you isn't always, for, isn't always a God door. And he always encourages me, when the door opens, is Jesus behind it walking you through? So, so Prom and I, we pray. And, and, and God gives us each a dream. He gives, he gives promise a dream about, about me just laying on. Have you been in a lazy river before? Bless God, glory, right? All right, so it just was, we were in a lazy river and we were just to float back around. And he gave me a dream that showed me the specific school that God was going to 
put me in. Now, here's what happens is that I was getting job offers that I felt, oh, but this is enticing to me, enticing to me. And I, and, and I don't see a way how I'm going to go to the school that God's telling me to go to because they already have somebody there. Superintendent was talking to me about another building that didn't have somebody. God, that makes sense to me in my mind. Sometimes, come on, somebody. Sometimes my mind is foreign to what's going on in heaven, and I just have to trust. And if I will just engage my truster, then it doesn't matter if it makes sense in the natural because heaven's got it figured out. It just has to make sense in heaven. And if it makes sense in heaven, it's going to be all right in, in the world. Okay, so... I settle back in, we settle back in, I worry a little bit, probably it's safe to say. And, and what does God do? He honors his word. I stay in my district. He opens up the door to take me to the school that I'm at now, just as he said he would. Because he who is faithful, come on, come on somebody, put the faithfulness of God to the test and see if he doesn't come through because he will every time. God is no respecter of persons. If he does it for me, he'll do it for you. He'll do it for your kids. He'll do it for their kids. He'll do it for your moms, your dads because God is just that good, somebody. I'm telling you what, I don't serve a little God that I have to figure out a plan for. I serve a big God who's got a plan and his plan is higher than mine, bigger than mine, better than mine. All I gotta do is trust. Come on, somebody. Can I get, can I get caught up just whirling in the dance for once instead of trying to figure it out? If you got your Bibles, let's keep reading. Let's go to Luke 24. Because this is what I saw with the disciples, is that the disciples lived, walked, did life with Jesus. And in the midst of the waiting or the transition, they still got feels. And so here's what I know. Anybody can have feels about the waiting. But it doesn't mean that's where we have to live. We can tap in to the power of the kingdom of heaven to go through the waiting. Okay, so check this out. So we're in uh, Luke 24. Um, what's going on? Jesus has been crucified. He's in the tomb. He's resurrected. Mary and the Martha and the other Mary, they're running to the tomb to anoint him with oil for, for burial and preparation, right? The oil. Um, they get there. He's not there. And they're like, oh, where'd he go? And then like the guy, the gardener, the, the angels in white, they're like, hey, he's not here. He's, he's resurrected. Um, and they run back to the, to the apostles and the disciples in verse 11. They're telling them what's happening. And this is the response they get. This is the response they get from the people that have seen Jesus call Lazarus back from the dead. This is the response they get from the people that saw blind eyes opened, leprosy fall off. A young man on a funeral pyre raise up and run back to his mama. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. What? But see, that's what happens 
That's what happens when we get off in our flesh and our mind and we're trying to figure it out. God had spoken to them. He had told them, I have to, I have to be crucified and die. I have to, it, is, it is prepared. That I, can you drink this cup for me? And he told them time and again, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be offered up. I'm going to be put to death. And I'm going to come back. And then it happens and they're like, huh, idle talk. Yeah, for sure. It's women, idle talk, right? What? No, hey, I will tell you this. Who carried the gospel first? Ladies, come on. Where are my ladies at? All right? I'm just saying. It is, this isn't a secondhand gospel. Men, women, children, anybody can carry the gospel message. And if you're anointed from on high with power, who cares about who you is? It's who is in you. Come on, that's good. So they meet, the, they meet them with all this doubt. And it started me thinking about my own life. When God had spoke a promise to me, like he spoke a promise to them, and he was going to come back and resurrect, what will happen to me sometimes is that, is that other seed gets sprinkled in my soil. You got your Bibles? Go to Mark 4. 13. It's the parable of the sower. Right, and we know the sower was going out and he was sowing seed. And some of the seed fell on different levels of ground. I want to focus on 19 and 20 verses. But those who hear the word, but, somebody say, but. but. The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. This resonated to me because so often in the waiting, you start to, you start to if it tarries just a little bit, from refined focus, you start to back out, look around, hear other voices. Wait a minute, I really, I really like doing this. This is where I'm comfortable. I must have misheard God. That what the 50,000 confirmations, that was just blind luck. Right? Because what happens? You get your eyes off of what he is say, saying. You get your focus off of where he's leading. And you start looking at all these other things and looking for all these other answers. And all of a sudden, it chokes out the word that heaven put in your heart. I want to encourage you right now. Colossians 3, 2, and this is in the Amplified. It says, set your mind and keep it set. It's that second part. And keep it set that where I get off in the weeds, right? Because I like to channel surf from time to time, right? I don't, I, I you ever like to open a, a, a viewing platform and then you spend all your time trying to decide what you want to watch? It's like, I'm just watching previews today because I can't make up my mind. <laughs> Set your mind on the promise of heaven, of what God has said, of the door that he is opening, and keep it set. Anything else that comes in to distract is just, is just that, a distraction. So if it distracts, if it takes away from the word that God has given you, don't entertain that word. Come on, somebody. Because what we do, oh, well, that's interesting. I wonder. Let me mill this around for a couple of weeks and really get confused. Come on, somebody. I'm just saying. I'm preaching because I'm living, right? All right, so go, hey, let's jump on down. Let's go to Luke 24, uh, verse 13. This is the Emmaus Road. 
situation. And here were some dudes. They were walking away from Jerusalem and they're talking about what happened in Jerusalem. And like Jesus bounces up in there, but they don't recognize him. All right. It's like one of those Scooby-Doo commercials where he's like, Jinkies, it's me. You know, it's like Shaggy's like, whoa, that was Jesus all along. (laughs) That's not accurate. It's not biblical. But I mean, they didn't recognize him. It was just, he started teaching from the scripture and it revealed it to him. There was no, it doesn't say anything about a mask or uh, a mystery machine that's not in there. Okay, uh, I think we're clear. No, <laughs> okay, so they're walking along, and, uh, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Is verse 16, verse 17. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then he begins to tell them all about Jesus and what had happened in Jerusalem and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. It's the whole Eeyore thing, right? It's the thing when you're in the midst of it and it doesn't go how you thought it should go. Come on, somebody. How many times does God speak a word and then I get over here and I'm trying to figure out how it should go and then guess what? It doesn't go the way I figured it should go and so then all of a sudden God's wrong? He didn't bless me figuring it out in the way I think it should go. He spoke and he is, he is bound to his word, not my creation of what I think his word should be or means. Did you see what they said? We thought he was the one to redeem Israel. He did redeem Israel and all of mankind. He just didn't do it by leveling every city how they thought he would do it. How many times do I miss what God is saying because it doesn't fit in my box of how I think God has to work? Can we dynamite the box? I mean, maybe if that's, if that's too much, you're like, I don't, I don't like loud explosions. Just take the screws out and flatten it out or something. I don't know. I just do you, boo, right? No. And so like, okay, so like in this situation, they, had, they were losing, they lost their hope in what God had said and who Jesus was. And, and I believe that that happens. I think that happens to me. But I believe that we can lean in to him in those moments and just get caught up with the beauty of what he's doing and how he's preparing. See, in that waiting is such preparation. In that waiting, he is getting you ready to get to the place that you're going. If you just arrive, you might miss out the preparation that will keep you in that place. Think about Joseph. It's in Genesis. We don't have time to read it. But if you go to the, the book of Genesis, there's the story of Joseph. Okay, Joseph, uh, he, he, was, he was a dude who had dreams. He's a dreamer, all right? His dad had lots of babies. Um, he had several sons, and Joseph was the favorite. You know how you will tell your kids, I don't have a favorite. I love you all equally. Joseph's dad went a different route, and it was obvious Joseph was the favorite. His other brothers were not super thrilled about this. Uh, There's a little jealousy. And then Joseph has a dream. (laughs) And he has a dream where these uh, sheaves are bound together like like some wheat, and they're bound together with a string, and they start to bow down to Joseph. And so he tells whole family this dream, and they love him more. (laughs) 
false. They do not. They literally want to kill him. And they actually steal his coat, kill an animal, bloody it, tell his father that he was killed by a wild animal, and sell him into slavery. Here's what I know, is that if you got dysfunction in your home, in your family, in your generational line, God is a breaker of generational curses. I'm just telling you, if there, is, if there is a generational curse on your home, if it's a curse of, of poverty, if it's, a, if, it, if it's a curse of anger, if it's a curse of, 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 of sexual infidelity, if there is a curse on your home, I want you to know that the blood of Jesus breaks any generational bloodlines. The blood of Jesus is made to restore and redeem. You don't have to follow the same patterns that your daddy followed, that your mommy followed, that your granddaddy followed. You are free in Jesus to, oh, come on, somebody. You are free in Jesus to blaze your own way in his blood. Come on. So Joseph has this dream. Everybody bowing down to him. He's sold into slavery. I'm just telling you, wouldn't you just be like, boy, I miss that. Like bad pizza or something. Bad uh, flat bread with fish. I don't know. All right, so anyhow, so he's, he's in pre- prison. But this is what happens. In prison, his gift, his ability, his talent starts to make space and room for him. Because that's what your giftings will do. They will make space in your environment for you to thrive and receive favor. And so he does. And he enters this this fellow's name's Potiphar. And so he comes into Potiphar's house uh, as a servant. And quickly, with his giftings and his talents and the anointing of the Lord, he begins to rise up the ranks. And all of a sudden, he's he's, he's got super favor and he's managing Potiphar's household. Well, then Potiphar's wife comes on the scene, and it says in Scripture that Joseph was a handsome dude, and it appears that he had a little bit too much favor with Potiphar's wife because uh, there was a moment, and she's trying to, like, mook up on him, and she's, like, tearing his clothes off, and he runs out of the house holding on to his underwear. Hey, I'm back. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> he runs out of the house holding on to his underwear. And this is a message for all you singles. Keep your underwear on. <laughs> Bless God. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Parents, thank me later. I'm I got y'all back, parents. All kinds of good word. Anyhow, so, so Potiphar's wife actually uh, tells a story about <clears throat> Joseph being inappropriate with her, and so he lands back in prison. Now, come on. He had the dream of his family. Now he's in prison again for the second time. Somebody lied on him. People have been mean to him. Can I catch a break? Wouldn't you be thinking that? And Joseph holds true. It's not always easy to not just abandon or abort the dream or the call. Sometimes it seems like it's the easier way. It's the better portion in the moment. 
But that's where you have to just lean in. Go back to the source. And so, okay, Potiphar's in prison. Again. No, not Potiphar, Joseph. Joseph's in prison. Again. And then his gift begins to make space and room again. Because Pharaoh has this dream that he needs interpreted. And nobody can do it. Well, then all of a sudden people remember, hey, Joseph can do that kind of thing. Joseph comes on the scene, interprets the dream for Pharaoh, becomes provider over Egypt. His brothers and his family then come from Hebron. They come over to Egypt. And guess what they do? The fulfillment of the dream he had had how many years before came to pass because he stayed the course. Think about David. He was anointed the king of Israel by Samuel, and it took, it took over a decade, 12 to 15 years, before he ever was anointed king of Israel. And guess what? He was actually anointed king over half of the kingdom before he became anointed king over the whole kingdom. Because it doesn't always go how we think it might ought to go. But it goes how heaven knows already it's going to go. And so my heart just has to sit on heaven. Come on, somebody. Let's wrap it up. Let's land a plane. Get your book. You got your Bible still? Good. Let's go to, let's go to Acts chapter 1. Jesus comes back to his boys and girls. After they flaked a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And here's Acts chapter one, verse three. He's presenting himself to them, showing them many proofs uh, for about 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Verse four, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Can somebody say wait? to wait for the promise of the Father. So Jesus was buried, resurrected. 40 days he spent with his disciples and he tells them, just wait. Isn't that something? Wait for the promise. But Jesus, you've resurrected. God has brought you back from the dead. It is time to take this message to the ends of the earth and to tell everyone that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not yet. Just wait for the power. He ascends day 40. Pentecost isn't until day 50. There's 10 days. Some people wait 10 years. Sometimes you wait more than that. Sometimes in the midst of the waiting, you just abandon the promise. I wanna encourage you today, if you find yourself a dreamer that has abandoned their dreams, let the Holy Spirit reignite them today. If you are an individual who has, has, has just given up hope that the calling that God spoke over you is ever going to come to pass, let God breathe fresh fire on you. Because we need 
We need what's in you. People need what you are called to do. We need your dreams. We need your passions. We need your word and your truths and your teachings and and your gifts. So they wait for 10 days. Come with me to Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all in one accord in the upper room is the way the KJV reads. And I love that. They were unified together, leaning in to the Jesus. And what happens? Let's see. Verse two, and suddenly, come on, somebody say suddenly. There came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say all. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I love this. Peter then in this moment, he stands up and he begins to proclaim the gospel message of Jesus crucified, resurrected. And and thousands are saved. It's like the the first evangelist revival conference, right? People are just ushered into the kingdom. Started with a promise. And then the waiting. And then the culmination of the promise. And then another promise. And then more waiting. We don't escape waiting. It's always going to be there. But my heart in the waiting makes a lot of difference. Your heart in the waiting will make all the difference. Are we going to partner with the promises of heaven? Are we going to get on board and lean in and whirl in the dance and enjoy it? Or are we going to invite doubt and uncertainty and frustration and anxiety and negativity. I'm just saying one of these sounds better than the other, but you pick, right? Because we have the power of choice. And guys, in the moment, when you start to stray over into the other camp, I just want to encourage you to just lean back into him. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.